In modern times, one of the most difficult issues leaders are faced with is helping those who struggle with mental health. No longer can we simply encourage a good measure of scripture study and prayer and expect everyone's life to stabilize. This is why leading saints felt it was so important to organize the Mentally Healthy Saints Library. There, one can find 25 plus presentations all about ministering to those who struggle with mental health. We cover topics like depression, anxiety, scrupulosity, or OCD. We even cover how to effectively refer individuals to professional therapists and make sure they are getting the help they need. This and so much more. If you'd like to review all of these sessions, we would love to have you do so at no cost. You can visit leadingsaints.org 14 and get access to the full library for 14 days. You'll also receive access to all our virtual libraries where we cover additional leadership-related topics. So click the link in the show notes or simply visit leadingsaints.org 14. Bonnie Lyman, welcome to the Leading Saints podcast. How are you? I'm doing very well, and I'm very honored to be meeting with you, Kurt. Well, you've been so kind and supportive. Uh, we've had opportunity to interact in person, and you're always sharing supportive words and and uh, with the work we're doing here at Leading Saints. And so, how long have you been familiar with Leading Saints? Do you remember? Uh, you know, we went on a mission to Africa, so everything is pre-Africa <laughs> and post-Africa, so... I'm trying to think it was probably post-Africa, so probably five years. Nice. So probably where'd you serve your mission? In Kenya. Oh, wow. All over Kenya. Nice. That's fabulous. Were you hoping to go to an international sort of exotic place like that? Well, my husband wanted to go to the South Pacific, and I wanted to go to Africa. So we put down both, and he knew that if you were in good health, they didn't even pray about it. If you wanted to go to Africa, they were going to send you to Africa. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we went to Africa. That's cool. So what years was that? 1915. Uh, we went June 15, came back December 1916. 20, that- <laughs> 2016, I'm yeah. sorry. Yes. So uh, yes. 2015 to 2016? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I want to make sure you haven't found a time machine or something, you know. So <laughs> No. No, I could have been over there that long, but Nice. You know. That's great. And then what were, what were your general responsibilities there? We had the small assignment of alleviating poverty in Africa. Oh, okay. And, and, and so you got that cleaned up and came on home. We huh? got that cleaned up. <laughs> we were in the self-reliance. The self-reliance program was just getting started over there. So we went all over Kenya trying to instruct stakes. There was only one stake districts on how to run the program. Hmm. Interesting. Awesome. Well, that's not what we're here to talk about, but you opened that wormhole. So I jumped in it and it's always right. fun to hear about <laughs> missions and, and whatnot. And so when, when you explain to people what you do, how do you, how do you break that down? Well, I kind of, kind of give a general thing of how to navigate life with adult children. I think we talk a lot about difficulties with teenage children. And so most of us don't even have a picture of adult children. We actually think it's going to be better relationships, right? Because we're all adults now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but all that means is is we have a lot of adult opinions. And so it's a 
whole new job. So it's almost like you have to let go of this other job and take on this new role. And it's difficult finding out how to do that. So I, I um, help women. Usually they're in a lot of pain. They're so frustrated from unmet expectations and they, they don't know what to do. Yeah. They don't know how to feel better. You know, when do you give advice? When do you stay out of their business? It's kind of a confusing time. And so I help them see, you know, some of the problems going on and what to let go of. It's mainly a letting go of responsibilities, thoughts, and just taking on this new role. Yeah. 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 That's interesting because, you know, I'm in this phase of life at my oldest is 10 and my youngest is two. And so, yeah, I've got, I've got a lot of questions and tough dynamics and experiencing things I haven't experienced before. But as I would assume, and just with my relationship with my, with my parents, like as children become adults, there's this whole new level of autonomy, right? They, they're, they'll, they're self-sufficient. They're living their life. And sometimes we still want to have influence on that life, but that's when maybe heads start to butt, right? Right. And it's mainly where a lot of the pain comes down. I mean, there's varying things, but they don't, how they, how mom is being treated is not what they thought. Mm -hmm. And it's not how they treated their mother. And so it's all this idea of things have gone wrong. Mm -hmm. And really, the kids don't think that. The adult children don't think that, you know, they're, they're just choosing to live their life the way they want to. I mean, we can even interpret things as disrespect where really no disrespect was given or exhibited, but that's how we pictured it because it was not how we thought it was going to be or how we treated our parents. Yeah. So maybe give us some general examples of what you typically hear about when when uh, adult parents come and talk to you about their adult children. Is there are, are there some themes that often come to the surface or concerns that you hear more often than others? Well, you know, a lot of it, a big one is if their children leave the church. Oh yeah. And another thing that happens is we forget that we're all dynamic and things don't stay the same. So if they've left the church, they've left it forever. Or it may be even they don't like how they observe the Sabbath day, their activities on the Sabbath day. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not how we raised our kids. We just don't do those sort of things. So it's, it's a lack of understanding of the principle of free agency, that we all get to act any way we want. So who has left the church? We're trying to take our free agency away from our kids. And there's a lot of judgment and we're told not to judge. So, you know, it kind of comes down to, so that's a big thing Mm -hmm. of leaving the church and how to deal with with that accepting that and they have a hard time accepting that the the other thing is they this idea of 
they feel like they're not important in their children's lives anymore. Hmm. Their children are not asking them questions about what they're doing in life. They're not, I don't know, sending them Mother's Day cards. They're not calling them often enough. They're not responding to their texts on the, the timely basis that the parent wants them to. But they're just acting out there just trying to figure out life and navigate it the way they want to. When I first became, you know, the adult child, I mean, we didn't even have all this texting. We live in a different, you know, generation. I remember your email talking about President, I think it was President Hinckley's advice when he wrote home to his dad, that he was having trouble on his mission and his dad said, get to work. Yeah. Forget yourself and get to work. Yeah. And we just, that's not how we respond now because times, times are different. And so do we need to keep up with the times? I don't know. I think we just need to be sensitive to those things. And so it's, it's really their, you know, their thoughts about what they're making their adult children's behavior mean when really it doesn't mean that at all. Yeah. So I help them see there's always a different perspective to everything. And I really do believe that love always wins, that we can, and that's our only responsibility as an adult, as a parent to adult children, is to love our children. And I think also to tell them as often as we can how great and wonderful they are. Yeah. And I wonder how much, you know, as we have sort of these expectations for adult children, and then they go in a different way, or they do things different, or they make a dramatic change, like even, you know, leaving the church or changing religions. Do you feel like some of that is, it's sort of like a projection on their own parenting. Like I must've done something wrong. We didn't read the scriptures enough or this would never happen. And so there's almost like this personal shame that they're going through as they're uh, witnessing their, their children living their own life. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And it all goes back to, yes, they, first of all, they, they have such a high need to have a reason. So that's one of the reasons Mm. they come up with. They must have not of taught them well enough. And I say, so give me some examples. And they really, they can't think of any. Yeah. Yeah. And that's our, that's our human brain, right? We want to fill in the gap. We, there's gotta be a reason here. I want to pinpoint it and then, you know, hopefully I can fix it or I have something to sort of regret. Right. Right. And instead of, we're all at some point I mean, I was a convert to the church, so I, you know, went through that process. But if you're raised in the church, you all go through a time where you have to figure out for yourself whether you really believe this or not. Some people do it, you know, maybe in a matter of seconds. Others, maybe they have to leave for a while to to figure it out. But we're all... You know, we all come to our own conversion in our own way. So I think it comes back to 
giving our children the space to let them figure it out the way they best need to figure it out for themselves. Yeah. And so it's, it's not, it's, I call it staying out of God's business. I think he's up there saying, would you just let it be the way it's going? And it's, it's having that faith. It's all going to work out. We are not a church of fear. We are a church of love. Yeah. So let's, let's just keep working on our own conversion and how we can be better and work on better living the commandment not to judge and to love everyone. Yeah. You know, the, the, the point you bring up as far as like our role is only to love and that that's even more prominent and more true when you're parenting adult children where, you know, in my situation, if my seven-year-old wakes up and wants to eat, you know, M&Ms for breakfast, which has happened several times in my life, you know, I can over, I, of course, I want to overwhelm him with love and just love, love, love. And I want him to remember his father is just someone who just loved him unconditionally and overwhelmingly. But at the same time, I have to really, you know, help him that behavior, helping him see there's a consequence if we just eat candy for breakfast or whatnot. And then, but we sort of, maybe it, it's hard to make that transition out of that state of mind where I have to abandon all their, my influence on their behaviors at some point and just simply love them. And so that's maybe a, a more prominent principle in this adult to adult uh, parental relationship. Is that a good way to say that? Yeah. I just don't think we... You have a right as a parent of a, what, seven-year-old, did you say? Uh That, you know, no, we don't eat M&Ms, you know, for breakfast or in the middle of the night or whatever. But, you know, if my adult child wants to do something as foolish as that, or it may be, yeah, I'm going to... I'm. After high school, I'm just going to go off and tour the world. You know, I'm just going to take my backpack and and <laughs> yeah. see what there is to find out there. You know, it's not my place to say, well, no, we don't do that. We <laughs> go find a skill and we get ready to have a family and whatever. We just We just have to let go of those expectations. They are... They are themselves. We need to let them be them. Mm-hmm. And we need to just get better at being us. And so the best person I can be is a person who always shows up as a loving, responsible adult. Yeah. Yeah. That's really helpful. And to me, this is a really important topic. You know, obviously, this is the Leading Saints podcast. And in the context of leadership, I think it's more. Like these principles are, are more important than maybe they, they seem on the surface in the context of leadership, because I remember being that bishop. And I remember one sister in my ward came in and just said, you know what, Bishop, I'm having a hard time. I really struggle with my mom and I just want to talk about it. And I thought, wow, I'm so grateful that you feel like this is an office you can come and, and just re- recognize that this is a t- tough relationship. And not that I have all the answers. I know how you should talk to or approach your mom, but wow, that hurts. You know, let's let's just sit in that that space for for a minute. And because especially in all of our faith experiences and whatnot, there there is that dynamic that's happening, you know, whether it's, you know, I have an LGBT child and my mother and father are really struggling with that. And they say things that I regret or that I wish they wouldn't. And so there's so many dynamics that happen in the context of our faith tradition, which sort of spills over into leadership as well. 
Um, and you were so kind to put together some general principles uh, that we can talk about and consider. Maybe we've touched on some of these already, but let's jump in uh, to some of these and see what we can learn. The first one, you, you mentioned this concept of, of agency, and sometimes we forget that our uh, children, especially our adult children, have agency. Is there anything else to say around, around that concept? Well, I don't know. If you put yourself in their place, and how much do you want somebody else interfering, telling you? what choices are good and what are bad. I mean, most of the time, you know, our kids, they they may know they're in shaky territory, but I've even had one of my kids say to me, mom, just let me figure it out on my own. I'm going to learn so much more if I figure it out on my own. I just, mm-hmm. I want to try this. And so... I don't know if that exactly addresses the 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 question, but this idea of we get stuck in the middle between what's my responsibility and when do you just allow their free agency? Mm, right. And and so agency is to me we get to choose ourselves, and so you know I've heard controversy on this, but we don't call it free agency because there's a consequence either way. Right. And so are we playing, you know, mama, papa bear by preventing them from going through a painful consequence where that consequence maybe would teach them the lesson that they could learn no other way? And so I think that is just showing respect for agency for someone to go through life. And I, I personally, I think that's what God wants us to do. Or I think he would be stepping in a little more often and stopping some things from happening yeah. In, yeah. in the world. So just that uh, sort of getting that mind frame, just sort of surrender, just saying, you know, this. Not only do they have this agency, which is a beautiful gift, but they may actually learn more by going on their own journey and down their own paths rather than me dictating, you know, just exactly how how their life should work. Right. I can only imagine God saying, no, 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 just just let it be. Just let it be. Yeah. And it really is like a a deeper way of showing faith in God, knowing that I'm a parent, but so is God. And I'm just going to surrender all of my uh, expectations and, you know, perceptions over to God and let him handle this, you know, like you, I forget how you turn it the get out of God's business or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And just, I mean, you know, it's my belief. He knew our lives from the beginning till the end. And so I'm not saying things are predestined, but you know, if, if a child is quits the church or stops going to church, taking a vacation, I'll say, from church, then, you know, that was part of the plan for his opportunity, maybe to even reach, you know, the the highest kingdom. I mean, mm-hmm. we always get stronger from going through through hard things. And this idea that, I mean, I believe this church is the church of Jesus Christ upon the face of the earth today, 
but we can't prove that in court, right? Right, yeah. And so, because our children look at it from a different perspective, we just have to allow them and figure, let them figure out, does that mean by allowing them, they'll come back? No, but what are we going to do? You know, how do you force someone to believe in anything? They have got to figure that out on their own. So I think it best to to let them figure that out on their own. We had dinner with the missionaries the other night, and this missionary was talking about when he got out of high school, he was doing, I can't remember the word he used, I'll just use a lot of naughty things. <laughs> but he said, I am here on my mission today because my parents never stopped loving me. Hmm. And so I don't, I kind of took that to mean that it doesn't feel like love when your parents are reminding you of what you're doing wrong or judging you. Or so many parents think, well, I guess I better go back and reteach that. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, so they do that in the form of sending them and sign or Leahona conference articles. And I'm not saying that's bad. Yeah. I'm saying if that feels good to you, do it. But a lot of the times it backfires yeah. on you. Yeah, for sure. So tell me about like wh- those parents who are really struggling with certain behaviors that their adult children are, are doing. How do you get them to a place of, of seeing it from a different perspective that they can maybe, you know, take a deep breath and, and try again? Are you talking about behaviors like getting into drugs or are you talking about behaviors of just staying at home and watching TV? Uh, I'll say yeah, all of the above, right? I mean, <laughs> I, and every I think every parent, you know, adult, a parent with adult children experiences it where there's some level of experience, whether it's something heavy like drugs or something heavy like, wow, they just won't move out. Like, how can we begin to see that from a different perspective? Well, one thing, if they're living, you know, at home, all you have to do is set up a boundary. Mm-hmm. You know, either you have six months from now and you're out of here. If they're into drugs, you know, I think you stay as close as you can and you're there. You're, I feel like when you're loving them, when you truly can love them and not judge them, even though it was all their fault for getting into these drugs, you'll know exactly what to do. Mm. I feel that, like I kind of talked to you earlier, that if we are judging and not loving, we can't hear the Holy Ghost prompting us of what we can do to really help that person. And so it gets to be a case-by-case basis. But yes, if somebody, the cops call me and say, hey, we just found your child, you know, passed out in the alley on drugs, I'm going to do all I can to force them, you know, into a rehab. Mm-hmm to get help. But as we've seen in that, they get rehabbed and then they go, they go back. But again, if you talk to a lot of people, the way they were finally able to get through it, there was somebody that believed in them and loved them and stuck by them. So, yep, there are times you set boundaries 
and you you take action and you know you follow up and then there's times where you physically maybe pick somebody up yeah and take them somewhere yeah and tell me about in, the, in your outline here you talk about this concept of people that hurt other people are hurting themselves break that down for me okay we get a lot of people that i mean sometimes i sh- shake my head i get off of a call and i go wow <laughs> so, those kids are being disrespectful. Yeah. But it comes down to people that hurt other people. There is something in their life that is not right and they are hurting. And so the peace can come. The compassion is, you know, that we've, we feel bad that our children have screwed up their lives you know, so poorly that what they do is they feel safe enough with you. They take it out on you. We all kind of have to vent and get that out and complain and whine, you know, whether we feel like the victim or we've been wronged, but they are hurting in some way. Again, I go back to loving, responsible adults. Don't treat other people that way. Unhappy, hurting adults, they tend to attack other people. And so, I mean, if nothing else, you can feel compassion and not just be in resentment or feeling unappreciated or disrespected. I mean, every time I get in that situation, whether, you know, I phoned a child or I texted them and I'm not getting any response is it's not that I've done something wrong or I am no longer important. My first thought is they're hurting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and oftentimes the, the parents are simply the closest target, right? <laughs> or, or the target that's been around the long, longest that they sort of take the brunt of, of that hurt when it, when it manifests itself in, in their life, right? Or the safest. Oh, yeah. You can, you know, build yourself up, you know, that they felt safe enough to even attack me, you know, with something they said or something. Because it's not, you think if you get angry, if you go into judgment, it doesn't fix the problem. We're loving them. You're going to have some sort of a relationship. Yeah. When you say go into judgment, is that just just being judgmental about the adult child, how they're acting, why are they treating me this way? Is that what you mean by that? Right. They shouldn't be treating me that way. Nobody treats their mother that way. Gotcha. Yeah. You go, you know, go down to those expectations where I believe sometimes are the needs that we have that we want fulfilled. We depend too much on our adult children. Mm. We need to find other ways to fulfill our needs. We can't put all that responsibility on them. Really, as an adult, we are responsible for fulfilling our own needs. Okay, so break break that down. That's fascinating to me. So how do what are some typical examples you hear of how parents can go to their adult children to fulfill a need? By equal time for 
this Thanksgiving, we go to the spouse's house. The next Thanksgiving, they come to our house, and it's always equal. And so if they've gone the last three Thanksgiving to the spouses, then my need of feeling fulfilled, of being around family and just this gathering of people at Thanksgiving is not being met. And so maybe that means, okay, maybe it's not family that's going to fulfill my needs, Mm -hmm. but I can have friends or other people. But it kind of goes back to we have a greater need as the parent to spend more time with our kids than our adult children do with us. They've got friends. They're trying to figure out how to support their family. They're all the little battles that go on within their own family. And then to add, I don't want to say a burden, but a responsibility. And my mother wants me to call her every day. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I have talked to so many people. I just bring it up. I remember I was in the urgent care getting some stitches and something came up and he goes, oh, you need to talk to my mom. She just, uh, and so what happens is he was just feeling, I can't meet all the needs that she has from me. And so what does he do? He just avoids, he stays away. Mm -hmm. So we do the exact opposite. So I believe it's putting our desires aside in the sake of the needs of our adult children. So when you're coaching somebody, uh, you know, a a person with adult children and there's, you can tell that they're sort of, they're frustrated that, you know, they're not, uh, you know, getting their needs met. How do you begin to coach somebody out of that so that they, they can stop turning to their adult children to fulfill those needs? Okay. So this is just kind of what coaches do. We would identify what they were feeling, and then we would identify what thought was causing that feeling. Everybody thinks it's a circumstance and the happenings, what somebody said, didn't say, did, didn't do that caused them to feel a certain way. But really, it's our thoughts about what we're making it mean. In the case of the going to the spouse's three Thanksgivings in a row, yeah. Well, I guess they love the other in-laws <laughs> yeah. more than they love me. So then we point out that that is just a choice. You're having to think that, that you have no proof, you know, yeah. that, yeah, there, there could that be that's what's of other going reasons. on. Yeah. And so it's, then you just work with it. But it's seeing that it's all coming from our thoughts of what should be. So if we could just let go of all the expectations of what it's supposed to look like and just focus on loving our children and the good they are doing. Yeah. And is that typically just an internal process they're going through, you know, just evaluating their thoughts and, you know, how did I jump from the circumstance of that thought? Or do you, are you encouraging them to reach out to their adult children and say, you know, I just want you to know I'm I'm good with this. Like what, however you want to spend Thanksgiving, I'm good with, or, or is it all in an internal process that they're going through? Well, I think anybody could answer that on your own. You just say, what would love do? 
Mm. What does love look like? How would love handle this? You know, and yeah, you may be hurt. It may be every Thanksgiving, but then again, you're going to have to go fulfill that need in a different way. And yeah, you could get the argument, but I'm not getting it with my children. Yeah. They're not reciprocating that love, right? That, That can be the feeling. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, but you, then you start focusing on how am I, you know, receiving love or it's, you can't even do that because love is a gift we give ourselves. You can still feel the wonderful feeling of love and connection with a child, not so much a relationship, a relationship you got to have some conversation going on there with a child that says, I never want to see you again. Hmm. But if you just keep on in your heart that you're loving them and just remembering good times you had with them or just even wondering, you know, what they may be doing, you can still love them and feel peace. Yep, it's not exactly what you thought it would be. One of the biggest things we get into is we compare ourselves with other people who are getting together all the time and yeah. everything. They're appears. traveling together. The holidays are awesome, right? Yeah. And it's just, you know, but you know that I can bet there's somebody in that crowd hating every minute of that <laughs> association, you know, of that yeah. gathering or whatever. And I don't know, they've just got different problems. So if you can become aware of what is causing your discomfort, and it's always your thoughts, and Then accepting this is what it is. Now what? Do I want to live the rest of my life miserable? Or am I going to find another way to fulfill my needs? I thought it would be different. I thought my needs would be met being engaged with family all the time. Mm -hmm. But it's nothing's gone wrong. It's just different than Mm -hmm what I thought. Yeah. It's, nothing's wrong. It's just different. I love that. Around this concept, you know, you've touched on it a little bit, like some of these maybe more dramatic relationships or where the child has severed the relationship with the parents. You know, maybe there's some bitterness, there's some trauma, maybe there's past abuse, whatever it is, there's a, a variety, you know, of, of possibilities there. Like recognizing that, you know, that that's obviously could be very hurtful. And I have a good friend actually, who's in a similar situation and I don't know the whole story, but he has a couple daughters who have just kind of severed that relationship and he's found it really helpful to, he, he went and bought some journals, just some blank journals and he'll, he'll write letters to his daughters. And so at some time, maybe after he passes on, his hope is he'll find, they'll find these journals and recognize just how much love he did have for them. And maybe there'll be some healing in that process. But is there any advice that you give to parents who have adult children who've severed the relationship completely? It just, it's, you, I, I think that's an excellent, you know, thing is to anything you can have a connection with what were past hobbies or what were, you know, different things and really get interested in those and knowing that was something your child like you can feel that connection. You know, there's a lot of people that have a connection with you that have never seen you 
but they feel like yeah. he's my best friend, you know, <laughs> just because of this connection. Now, maybe he's, they don't even get to hear, you know, like him talk on a show or something where they would have that availability. But yes, writing letters, or it doesn't even have to be a letter, but just write down, if you were to write down every day of why you love this person, that would just fill you. And not even, yes, if they read it one day, but who knows, there's no guarantee that it would mean anything to them. But to, again, having compassion that of them missing out also on having this connection with you and also the compassion of, I just hope they're okay. You know, that that is my go-to every time. I just hope their life is okay. And then I can even start imagining why it is okay. But to go to spend all our energy on why, we're just never going to know. Yeah. We don't know, but don't rob yourself of loving them. Yes, maybe it's journaling of past times that you had together that were memorable and why they were so memorable. I think for us to savor moments that are meaningful to us is to write down our feelings about them, not just the details of what went on, but what were we feeling during that time? And you can bring all those feelings up that will feel connected. I mean, it's just like when somebody dies. Yeah. And yes, are you sad? Yes, you're sad, but you don't avoid being sad. I think when you're sad and you cry, I think you are, again, you're connecting with them. Not in the way you wanted. I know a lot of people are out there saying, no, no, that's not what I want. You know, and maybe they just got told that yeah. their kids never want to see them again. But I always say, let's have a little hope that things change. People are dynamic. Yep, that's what they're saying today. But who knows? Yeah, who knows? And and I love that, you know, comparing it to sort of the process we go through when a loved one passes away you know, there's sort of this transition, there's this mourning period, right, that, that people go through. And we almost want to resist that. And if the person, if that relationship is severed, even though they're still living, because think, I don't want to transition, I don't want to get to a place where I'm, I'm not mentally expecting them to be back in my life. But that process is still there. And you can still love and reflect on the relationship that was there with the hope that, yeah, maybe in five, 10 years or less, you know, they'll find a reason to come back in your life. And even better, you know, and, and you can take it, pick it up where, where you left off. Right. And I yeah. think it's that, that hope. Plus, if you're really feeling anguished and in despair, you've got to decide, do I, is that how I want to feel the rest of my life? Or do you want to move on? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where, you know, I get some of my clients when they go, I'm tired of feeling this way. I don't want to feel this way the rest of my life. And you can see people that have done that with people dying or whatever, you you just you move on. Yeah, that's really helpful. Well, Bonnie, for the most part, I think we hit on a lot of these big topics and 
concepts uh, in your outline here. Any any others that we missed or that maybe we didn't dive as deep down into? Anything we're missing before we wrap up? Well, I think a lot of this boils down to what kind of a relationship you have with yourself. Mm, How well do you like yourself? And do you like, really like being who you are? And the more we can do that, it's easy to like people the way they are. And so, you know, you just, you know, President Irene, that famous quote, everybody quotes and he was talking about a general authority he went to and he goes, well, I'm concerned about some of my family members that they're making decisions that aren't going to lead them to the best place. And he was told, you're worried about the wrong thing. I think the more energy and time we can put into being the best version of us we can be, that's going to take all of our lives to do. And, you know, to me, one of those things is showing up as responsible and loving as I can be. And then it just, it carries over into the rest of your life. Yeah, that's powerful. Well, Bunny, if, if people want to learn more about you and, and maybe they've, they've got uh, they've got just a situation that you'd never believe. And they just, if, if you can hear this, Bonnie, then you'd realize just how complicated this is. But if people want to reach out to you and learn more about, I know you've, you've been doing some podcasting and, you know, on social media, all these types of things, where would you send them to learn more about you and what you do? Okay. You can go to bonnielyman.com and I have some free resources. I have a weekly newsletter that just has some uplifting tips. They're just short. I have a podcast, Loving on Purpose. It's on Apple and Spotify and a couple others. I'm not very techie here. I have an Instagram <laughs> post that will take you to all of those, which is Bonnie Lyman Coaching. That's my handle on that. Oh. But if you just go to bonnielyman.com, you'll find free resources and just my podcasts are on there and my blog. I think they're both on there. Cool. That's great. That's how you go. Awesome. Well, Bonnie, I want to ask, you know, as you reflect on your time sort of, you know, helping individuals with relationships, especially with adult children and and understanding relationships on a deeper level, how has that helped you in your relationship with Jesus Christ? I am very humbled at what I do because he is the answer to all of our problems. But a lot of times we know that and we can read like, don't judge others, love everyone, but we don't always know the how. And so through this learning of how I can do it to choose to think about anything, any way I want, it's my choice. I can find negative perspectives and I can find positive perspectives. And there are always at least two perspectives to every situation. And so this idea of asking us to love everyone, it's brought me closer. Um, this work I do, I don't think he would ask us to do something that was not possible. And so are we going to be perfect at it in this life? No, but we're just asked to try to love everyone in doing it. And it just 
Love always feels best of any of the emotions out there. Love feels best. So I'm just going to try to love as many people as I can. That concludes this episode of the Leading Saints podcast. We'd love to hear from you about your questions or thoughts or comments. You can either leave a comment on the uh, post related to this episode at leadingsaints.org or go to leadingsaints.org slash contact and send us your perspective or questions. If there's other episodes or topics you'd like to hear on the Leading Saints podcast, go to leadingsaints.org slash contact and share with us the information there. And we would love for you to share this with any individual you think this would apply to, especially maybe individuals in your ward council or other leaders that you may know who would really appreciate the perspectives that we discussed. And remember, to review the Mentally Healthy Saints Library, click the link in the show notes or go to leadingsaints.org slash 14. It came as a result of the position of leadership which was imposed upon us by the God of heaven who brought forth a restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when the declaration was made concerning the only true and living church upon the face of the earth, we were immediately put in a position of loneliness. The loneliness of leadership from which we cannot shrink nor run away, and to which we must face up with boldness and courage and ability.